Man, this is, this is so awesome. I, I feel like God was really speaking to me, even just, just through hearing Paul. Um, you know, prayer is one of those things that, like, it's like we, we know it's important. We know it is. Like, if anyone asks, asks us, like, is prayer important? We're like, yeah, it's so important. Like, God moves through prayer. And then you hear these stories, like Paul just shared, and you're like, oh, my gosh. This is, this is more important than I thought, like, it needs to go to the next level. Um, so anyway, I want to take it to the next level in my personal prayer life just after hearing that. Um, man, and I, I'm just thinking back through my life, like there, there was a point when, um, when I was introduced to, to that, that concept of praying for an hour a day and uh, the book, The Hour That Changes the World. And um, it was, I, I had heard about it. Uh, as a student, as a senior in college at San Diego State University. And um, it wasn't until I, I went on my first or my second China trip uh, where Josh Jenkins and I lived together and we were over there with a, with a couple of other students. Um, and, and God just put it on my heart. Do this, do an hour a day, the hour, the hour that changes the world. And at that time, I was dating um, my, my wife now. Uh, but things were not always so bright in me and Dana's relationship. Um, I had told Dana that I loved her right before I left to China. And Josh, Josh knows well what happened when I came in to tell him how that went. Not so good. She fell back laughing when I told her I loved her for the first time. And she was like, I don't know what to say, but... I don't really love you. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not, you know. Anyway, it was, it was rough. And, uh, and, and my time in China was, was, was really awesome. God did a lot of things. But there was one point when uh, Dana came to visit. She stayed with a couple of the girls that were there. And um, I was just not smooth. Just, just really not smooth. And I was having a tough time. We were a little bit burned out. It was winter. It was always gloomy out. And I was just, I was just kind of, I just did not feel like the man that I wanted to be and that I wanted to present myself as. And um, I was feeling pretty insecure. And there was one point on the trip when I was like, okay, Dana, um, I I, kind of think I know what what you're thinking. And uh, maybe we should maybe we should break up. Like, I, I don't know exactly what I said, but I, I thought it was going downhill. And she was like, no, I don't think, I don't really think that's what we should do. I don't think we should, I don't think that's, that's what needs to happen. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, okay. All right. All right. So we didn't break up. And, uh, and she went home and, um, and I just kept, kept praying. Um, not just for, for, for Dana, for a lot of things, but at, there was one point when I was just like, you know what, I don't want to string this, keep stringing this relationship uh, along. We're long distance, like pretty much as long of distance as you can get. She was in San Diego, I was in China. And, um, and I, just, I just prayed, I said, God, um, if you want this relationship to, to continue, then would you let her fall in love with me? And if not, would you just let me know? And, uh, and, and I think it would be best if we just, if we just cut it off. Um, and uh, so I prayed that, 
And uh, I get an email from her that week. We, we, we got to Skype once a week. Um, and uh, I got an email from her, though, and she said, Kevin, I realized there's something I need to tell you when, when we Skype, which was not an uncommon thing. There was always stories that we were having, and we're like, hey, when we Skype, remind me to tell you this story or remind me of this. And, uh, and God had answered my prayer because that, that, that week when we got that chance to Skype, um, she said, Kevin, uh, I realize that I love you, and I have to tell you that. And, and then she was like, so you should tell me what I should do for, for my living situation next year or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> um, so anyway, we got married after that. Uh, but God, God answered that prayer. God really answered that prayer. That wasn't on my notes. I just thought it was a cool story. Um, so anyway, have you, have you ever met one of these people? Actually, I know you have. They're probably all around you. Have you ever met one of these, these people that it's like, they're, they're not just spiritually disciplined, but they really know God. Like they spend time with God in the presence of God. And you know, they're not just religious, but they actually know God. They hear from him. You can almost see it in their, the, uh, the way they live and, and just the way they, they talk to people in humility. Um, and, and the secret is, is prayer. It's really simple. And we were just talking in our table. Like we, we see it through, through the lives of all of these, these missionaries and these men and women who God's used powerfully. They all say the same thing. The secret's prayer. And it's not just the spiritual activity of prayer, but it's actually being in the presence of God. Um, so why do we struggle with prayer? Why do we struggle with prayer? I think one of the first reasons is, is some of us just simply don't have a vision for it. Um, and even at our table, we were talking about that. Some of us were like, man, I, didn't, I just didn't know like prayer actually did as much as it does. Like, I just didn't know it was that important. So some of us just lack a vision for that. Hopefully that changes tonight. But I think for a lot of us, we know that prayer is important. We're convicted about it. We repent. We try to repent and we resolve. We say, okay, I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to take, I'm going to take maybe an hour a day and spend with prayer. And for a man or woman who makes this type of commitment, the enemy is going to do whatever he can to stop you from prayer. He's going he's gonna to throw distractions in your way. He's going to have cool YouTube videos pop up on your phone just like randomly and like totally distract you. Or a new deal comes up and like, I don't know why Amazon started doing this thing where it's like an item on your wish list is now on sale. I'm like, I didn't ask for that. Um, but anyway, the enemy is literally, he's going to do what, what he can to keep you from praying. Bless you. Um, so anyway, and, and a lot of us have been discouraged by this, or maybe unknowingly, we weren't even aware that it was the enemy and we just, we just gave in. And, um, and that conviction that we had to pray, uh, never made it into action. But for some of us, we push through, we push through and we resolve to be men and women of prayer. And it changes our life. So I had a couple, a couple stories as well. Uh, one of them was actually David Brainerd. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was crazy. I mean, it was said about him that, 
that he would spend the first five hours of every day in prayer. The first five hours of every day before he would go out and do ministry, he knew where the real work was. It was in prayer, five hours. Um, that's the most I've seen uh, from any of these missionaries that I've studied. Um, and he would go out into the woods and the fields and pray every single morning before he started his work. Um, Hudson Taylor was another guy. I actually named my son after him. So those of you who know Hudson, he was named after this missionary named Hudson Taylor in the 1800s. And he was a missionary to China who was just a man of prayer. And the people who worked with him said that at 2 a.m. every single morning, they would hear a strike of a match and Hudson Taylor would light his candle. And that's where he would pray and read the Bible from 2 to 4 a.m. every morning. People also said uh, about him that the sun would not rise without Hudson Taylor beating, beating the sun to rise on his knees in prayer. Maybe he wasn't on his knees. Maybe he was just praying, sitting down cross-legged. Sometimes you need to stretch a little bit. So, you know, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, so Hudson Taylor, he had his candle and he had his time, 2 to 4 a.m. every day. And he considered that his sacrifice, his gift to God. But it was more than just a gift to God. It was a gift for him as well. Um, and so I want to give you the key point right up front. And it's the same key point that I think Paul was trying to make as well. If you really want an intimate relationship with God, you must give him the time. You must give him the time. If you really want an intimate relationship with God, you must give him the time. Now, you can, you can have spiritual disciplines without giving God time in prayer. I think it's possible to make a few disciples without giving God time in prayer. It's possible to memorize scripture. It's possible to read the Bible without giving, giving any time in prayer. So if you really want an intimate relationship with God, you must give him the time. That's the thing. If you don't put in the time, none of the other points matter. It doesn't matter how you pray if you don't pray. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so that's the main point. So, um, you know, I want to kind of discourage us from, from just asking, well, what's the minimum that I need to pray? Like five minutes a day? Will that do it? Will that give me the anointing and power that I need for ministry in life? Ten minutes a day? Okay, what if I did this with my wife, Dana? You know, like, what if I was like, so Dana, I was just, I was just wondering, like, you know, I got a lot to do. I got, I'm taking seminary classes. I got a ministry to lead, and I got these kids at my ankles, and Mike stands hitting me, and, and, and so I just want to know, like, what's the minimum I could check in with you every day where we'd still be like, okay. <laughs> How do you think she would feel? <laughs> no, I, I would be like a horrible husband if I did that. And, uh, but, but some reason I feel like we can, we can treat God the same way. We're like, you know, God, you know, I know you understand, like I'm a busy guy. Uh, what's the minimum? And that's like the totally opposite perspective of, of uh, that we should have on prayer. Um, Listen, other things are going to fight for our time. I know it. <laughs> we got we to gotta manage our time well. But um, I loved what Paul said already about how prayer is greater than sleep. Prayer is greater than food. I think Jesus really exemplified this in his life as well. So um, I think this is point number two. 
It is seek God for himself. Let's see how we have it on here if it's different than on my notes. Nope, that's number one. That's number one. Seek God for himself. Um, God wants us to have a deep relationship with him. And, and I think this, this really starts, prayer starts with seeking God for who he is. Not for the things that he gives us, but because he is the greatest gift that we possibly can have. Um, he loves you like a father. Um, so I, I want to ask us the question, do you know God intimately? When you pray, do you know him intimately? Do you spend time with him for the sake of being with him? Or is it just to get things from him? Even if it's good things like ministry. Um, I think this is the start. I love Psalm 34a. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's possible to grow in character to some degree without really actually knowing God in a deep and intimate way. Um, It's possible, like I said, to grow in spiritual disciplines. It's possible to go on mission trips. But I want us to take it a step further, and I want us to start with knowing God and and spending time with him for the sake of being with him. Um, uh, There's a a pastor, his name is Paul Washer, and he talks about this a little bit. Um, And he shares his story of just... um, uh, of these men in his life who had mentored him and they had encouraged him um, to, to be with God and to know God and to seek him in prayer. And, and he tells his story of how he, he spent days just seeking God and he was tired. He, he, was, he, he had a lot to do. He was a busy guy. And he talks about how he would go in his closet and he was so, he, he, he was so tired, he would set his alarm for, for 15 minutes um, to make sure that if he fell asleep, he would wake back up, and he would. He, he'd set his alarm, his, and, and he'd wake up because he fell asleep. And his roommates would find him in the closet on the floor, like, asleep, and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> but he talks about how one day God just did something crazy and just met him in, in such a personal way and made him more aware of his holiness and his goodness and the way he explains it, he was, he was so aware of the presence of God that he thought he was going to die. And he just fell to the floor, just like, oh my gosh. And he had a new understanding of God's holiness. Um, so I want to encourage us to seek God for who he is. Um, I love this quote. It says, you can do almost anything in America with a checkbook, but you can't buy the anointing of God. It was by a pastor named Leonard Ravenhill. You cannot buy the anointing of God. It's not something you can purchase. It's not something you can learn. You can't buy it. (laughs) I don't have the reference for this verse, I don't think. I didn't write it down. Okay. Oh, no, never mind. I recognize it now. Okay, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. Some of you guys probably have this memorized. This is like a, the ultimate cof- coffee cup verse. And like, like I want to encourage you. Like, don't be sad. Like Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, remember? Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope 
and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Did I get that right? I hope I did. Something like that. No one said yes, so I probably misquoted it. But anyway, the point is this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants us to find him, to be with him. Um, So anyway, that's a good verse. Um, Number two is plan time to withdraw. Plan time to withdraw. Jesus gives the bad example of how to pray, and he gives the good example of how to pray. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For some, prayer is just a religious activity. And Jesus is saying it's so much more than that. It's so much more. Um, he, he says, go into your room, shut the door, be with him. Be with him alone. Um, so number two is plan time to withdraw. Um, in Luke 5.16, Jesus gives the example of this. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So I don't know how often often was. I don't know if it was a daily thing. Um, it could have been. Um, but we know it was often. Jesus took time to withdraw. Um, Martin Luther, <laughs> this is a quote that Paul already shared. But he says, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. That's crazy. Hudson Taylor, he had his 2 to 4 a.m. time slot. David Brainerd had his first five hours of the morning as a, as a time slot to pray. Um, for, for me right now, um, the time that works best for me is, is after the kids go to bed, after Dana goes to bed, from 11 to about 12, 15 or so. Um, at other times in my life, it's, it's been different. Um, but I want to encourage you guys to, to spend time with prayer not just not just as you're doing your quiet time, but but also to have time where you're just praying, where you're just being with God, um, and taking time to do that, if possible. Um, there's no pressure or prescription um, for for exactly when you need to spend spend time in prayer. Um, there's no prescription for how long. You need to do it. But I want to encourage us not to, not to ask the question of what's the minimum that I can do. Um, one thing we just constantly see is that there's a strong correlation between the amount of time that a man or woman spends in prayer and the anointing in, on their life and how God uses them in their life. So I just want to ask you guys, when's your time? When is your time? Do you have a time planned to meet with God? Maybe that's, maybe that's going to be an application from, from, from tonight, is to have a time planned, a time when you're going to spend time alone with God um, and when you're going to be praying. And uh, I want to encourage you, you to pick a time when you can be undisturbed. That's why for me, after the kids go to bed, after my wife goes to bed, that's, that's the time, that's one of the only times I can count on being undisturbed. Um, and a time when you can be consistent, that will work for you on a consistent basis, that you can make a habit out of it. Um, and I want to ask you another, another question. What priorities need to shift? 
there's, there's probably going to need to be some rescheduling that needs to happen. Um, maybe even some conversations that need to happen in order to, to, to make it to where you're able to spend time in prayer, time alone, seeking God. And here's a, an important disclaimer. Um, I kind of mentioned this before, but prayer is not just a religious activity. It's a supernatural interaction with your heavenly father. The hypocrites, as Taylor read, were the ones who viewed it as a religious activity. And that was, that was kind of the extent of it. Okay, number three, find a quiet place. Find a quiet place. Um, Taylor read this as well, uh, Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close your door, and pray to your father who is unseen. So for Hudson Taylor, he, at, at 2 a.m., he had his candle. Like, that was his place. He moved around a lot, so it might not have been the exact same geographical location, but he had his candle, and that's where he would meet God in prayer. For David Brainerd, he had his fields, and he had the woods, and that was his place where he met God. So for you, where is your place? Where is your place where you're going you're gonna to spend time with God in prayer? Um, for me, it's, it's either at my desk, um, which is not always the best because sometimes it's distracting. So, so other times it's just the floor, Hudson and, and my daughter, Madeline, they have a little foam play mat that is just chaos during the day. But at night, if I've done my job and picked up the toys, it's just this awesome squishy mat that works great for prayer. So, so maybe it's a mat on the floor. Maybe it's, maybe it's your desk. Uh, maybe it's your bed. Maybe it's something a little more comfortable. Um, anyway, uh, so where's your quiet place? Once again, I want to encourage it, uh, you to make it a place where you can be undistracted. Um, maybe it's in, in your room, but I want to encourage you to find a place that's consistent. And that doesn't mean you can't go other places, but developing that, that practical habit of meeting God at a certain time in a certain place is going to help give you victory in the area of your prayer life. Number four, Number four, learn to pray. Learn to pray, number four. But here's the thing. Like I said, learning to pray is not going to matter if you don't give him the time, if you don't give God the time. So we have to set aside that time. We have to, we have to mentally um, and practically fight the schemes of the enemy to fight for that time that we're going to pray. And then so number four is learn to pray. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. That's Luke uh, chapter 11, verse 1. So Jesus' disciples knew that they needed to learn to pray. And they were even a little jealous. They're like, John's, John's guys know how to pray. John the Baptist, he didn't just baptize, he taught him to pray too. We want to learn to pray. So, uh... Anyway, it might be a little stretch, but I want to encourage us to learn to pray, just like um, Jesus' disciples wanted to learn to pray, and Jesus taught them how to pray. Um, but here's one thing that uh, I think is just kind of a hindrance in some way in our, in our culture, is we want to be organic. We want to be authentic. We just want it to, like, kind of happen naturally, and, and just kind of like, you know, it's just going to be awesome, and, and then you run out of things to pray for, and you don't know what to do. And, and so we hate having structure a lot of times. 
Maybe some people like it, but um, sometimes I don't like it. So I want to I wanna just challenge us that it is okay to use a model for prayer. It's totally okay to use a model for prayer. It's okay to use structure. It's okay to use tools. Um, uh, one, of the, one of the things that a lot of people use is like an acrostic type of thing that gives you different aspects of prayer to pray for. Um, so, for example, one of them is the ACTS acrostic, A-C-T-S. Um, the A stands for adoration. Um, so spending some time, letting, letting your prayers be prayers of adoration. The C stands for confession, spending some time confessing your sins to God. Thanksgiving, spending time thanking God for what, he, what he's done, who he is. And then finally, the S stands for supplication. So that's presenting your request to God. So that's just one example um, of an acrostic. Um, some of you might know like a, the P-R-A-Y acrostic or the prayer acrostic or something like that. Um, those are great tools. Also, using the Lord's Prayer as a model can, um, is, is something that a lot of people like to do. Um, one of the things that George Mueller did that was kind of cool was he used the Bible as a guide for prayer. That sounds biblical, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so anyway, he would, like, he would open up his Bible and he would just slowly read it. And as he, was, as he was reading it, instead of just reading it to get through the text, he would pray line by line, just kind of just letting it prompt his, his, his prayer. Maybe it would prompt a request. Um, uh, and, and maybe for you, it prompts something that you need to repent of or it brings something to mind. And so God can use his word as a way of guiding our prayer time. So that's one way to do it. Um, but the, the way that, uh, that I've kind of stuck with that's really, really helped me is, once again, the hour that changes the world. So if you guys don't know about that, jot that down, um, and you can look that up online. And it's simply a guided time of prayer for one hour that gives you 12 different sections to pray for for five minutes each. And that might sound like, oh, that's kind of like boxing me in. It's cramping my style. It's not organic. But it's, it's actually really awesome. And one of the things that people say over and over after they do this is they're like, man, like I an hour wasn't enough time. Like five minutes for each of these sections like wasn't enough time. I still had more to pray. And, and even, even if it does feel a little bit long, you, you might just wait for another two minutes and then go on to the next section and then you got more stuff to pray for. Um, and so I'll just read off these different sections that the hour that changes the world goes through. The first one is praise. It starts off with praise. So if you don't want to look this up on the internet, you could just jot down these categories and then you could do it for yourself. And you could just time yourself for five minutes each. So the first is praise, praising God. The second is waiting, waiting on the Lord. And, and this might be foreign to some of you guys. It might be a little bit new. Um, but this is just a time where, uh, where we wait in God's presence. And when we get distracted, we, we can just say, God, I love you. Help me to focus on you. And just kind of being silent before him. And... Um, if you've never done it that before, it might sound really weird, but it can actually be so refreshing, and that can be a time that God ministers to you. Um, the next is confession. That's number three, spending time confessing, confessing guilt and sin. Number four is praying scripture, so letting the Bible be your guide. So maybe you're doing scripture memory, and God starts bringing verses to mind, and you can use those verses to prompt, uh, pr prompt prayer, or you can just open up your Bible and start praying through um, th through the Bible. Um, 
The next one is watching prayer. Colossians 4.2 says um, to be watchful in prayer on all occasions. Um, and so this can be a time where we're saying, God, is there something that you want to show me? Maybe a, maybe a picture or maybe some sort of guidance, or maybe you want to show me the schemes of the enemy, some things that I need to be on guard for that I need to be praying about. Um, the next section is intercession. So this is praying for others, not just ourselves. This could be praying um, for the lost. This could be praying for your family. Those people that Paul was talking about, like who has God put in your life that you're supposed to be praying for? This is the time of intercession. The next is petition. So asking God for your own needs and requests. The next is thanksgiving. Pretty straightforward. And then here's a fun one, singing. Singing. <laughs> um, ha- anyway, I'm not going to ask if you guys have tried that before. It's pretty fun. Um, I don't get to do it as much because I'm not supposed to wake up my baby. Um, so I don't usually do that at night at like 11.30 or 12, um, but I try to other times, and that's really refreshing. And then the next is meditation. So this is just meditating on the character of God or meditating on scripture. And then um, listening. I feel like listening prayer is one of the things that is, it's the most, one of the most awesome things about prayer, but it's also one of the things that's so easily overlooked. God wants to speak to you. And, and a lot of times during these times of prayer, as I've been listening, God would, would bring to my mind a Bible verse, or he'd put something on my heart, or he'd speak to me and something that I needed to encourage me. And then finally, it, it ends the hour with praise and worship again. Um, so I want to encourage you guys, at least give it a shot. At least give that a shot. Um, um, so I want to ask you guys, what are you going to learn from? What type of model are you going to learn from? Um, what tool are you going to use in order to fuel and fuel your prayer life and take it to the next level? What are you going to try? Um, I want to encourage you to even try multiple, multiple different models. And you might, you might settle on one that seems to work best for you. Um, uh, and that's totally okay. That's totally okay. You don't need to feel trapped in it, but but settle on the model a model that works best for you. Um, and also make sure whatever model you set, settle on for prayer, make sure that it helps you connect with God and also that it goes over diff- different aspects of prayer. Um, and then number five is enjoy being with God. Enjoy being with God. Um, so there's two aspects of this that I want to focus on. Um, one thing is to enjoy the environment, enjoy the environment. So what I mean by that is like, you don't need to like make yourself uncomfortable purposefully when you're praying, like make yourself comfortable. Um, maybe that means you want to get like some hot tea or water or, you know, your essential oil mixture or whatever, like, you know, make yourself, make yourself comfortable. Um, and, uh, and one thing that you can try is, is put on some worship music or Christian hip-hop or whatever you want to listen to. Um, you know, it's, it's totally okay to, like, put on, put on music and enjoy your time in prayer. Um, God created music for his glory, and we can redeem that by using that to spur on our prayer life and to, and to motivate us to love God more. Um, so 
I, I like to use to, to listen to music when I when I pray as well. Um, and then not just to enjoy the environment, but to enjoy the relationship with God. Enjoy the relationship with God. Um, I love this quote from Brother Lawrence. He's really old. He didn't speak English either, so this is a translation of it. Um, he said, my priority is to be in God's presence and stay there. That's where I focus on devotion to him, a real presence of God. In other words, this devotion is my soul's regular, quiet, private conversation with God. This is where I find joy and how I stay content. Sometimes the joy is so intense that I have to tone it down, and I'm afraid that I might even look silly. Yet I'm 100% sure my soul has been with God these past 30 years. Man, that's, that's, that's the type of, of, of relationship with God that I want to have. I know I'm, I'm with God, and that's where I find my joy. My joy doesn't come from from the things of this world or my circumstances, but, but simply from being with God and from knowing him. <coughs> um, Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And so prayer, prayer we definitely, as Jesus said, we, we need to have that time where we go in our room, where we shut the door, but also we can be praying in the spirit on all occasions as well. Um, another verse I've been thinking about recently, it's, it's really simple. <clears throat> Psalm 100, verse 1. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And we tried doing this in our uh, hotel room, and it was kind of awkward. Um, but, like, we can make a joyful noise to the Lord. Like, what's a joyful noise for you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good right? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. We can enjoy being with God. So, so I don't know. I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it's singing. Like, give it a shot. Like, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Um, okay, so, so here's the question. What do you want to try in order to enjoy your time in prayer? What do you want to try in order to, to make that time with God enjoyable? And then at the end of all this, what are you guys, what are you going to do? I've already got some ideas for myself of what I want to do. Um, but I, I want to let you guys know that it's God's desire to have a deep and personal relationship with you. It's his desire for you to find the most joy and fulfillment in him. It's his desire to give you the power to minister effectively and to live the life that he desires for you. So what, what are you going to do to take your relationship with God to the next level? Let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll have a little discussion. I'm not quite sure how we're doing on time, but let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we want to be people who have a deep and passionate relationship with you, and, and that we're not just doing this ministry just on our own efforts. We're not just doing prayer as a ritual. But that it is just so clear that your anointing is on each and every one of us in our lives. 
God, would you help us to fight against the schemes of the enemy as he tries to distract us, even with other good things that just make it seem impossible to get adequate time with you? Lord, would you break down those barriers? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.